0: is The Boys, the Watchmen-like deconstruction of superheroes we've been waiting for in movies and TV. Sometimes the show's based on those comics and graphic novels. I'm Todd A.
1: I'm Taylor Trask, and yes, Todd, it is it is one of those shows episodes again. Yeah. And it's been, been a hot second. We haven't done a shows episode oh. for a little while. I mean, not counting our, our, our Game of Thrones podcast, which has concluded more or
0: less. That's uh-huh. true, and we, we've also been beset with technical issues for the past, it seems like, a month but it's it's yeah. really been like two weeks
1: <laughs> well and if you're listening and you're wondering if anything sounds differently different or weird for whatever reason we are recording via skype which you know once upon a time skype had you know no capability to record and people who podcasted used to you'd have to download like 18 different in you know unrelated plugins or apps and daisy chain all this nonsense together to you know, maybe record something maybe well at oh. some point during all that google hangouts made it super-duper easy to just record your podcast straight to YouTube, download them, they're archived there, you can do whatever you want, and it was wonderful. Well, Google has decided to just do away with all that, and yeah. we were kind of in the wilderness, I guess, for a good a good week or two or three, and we, did, in the process of all that, we've discovered Skype actually makes
0: recording super-duper-duper easy now without any additional stuff, so yeah. that's where we are, back to Skype. We really missed our window to have the like definitive how to do a remote podcast because yeah I, at one point we had that we had the the YouTube like Hangouts situation dialed in so well yeah um and and even you know when we were doing Wednesday in Westeros with our guest host Emily Kelly um Emily Kelly Kunin, um <laughs> we you know we just would have her hang out with us on that and we could all use proper studio microphones and it didn't sound like a phone call and it was great. And I, I, I told people, a couple people, we should have done an episode on this is what I'm saying, because I told a couple of people how we did it, you know, and how easy this had been. Um, because whenever I would gripe about some technical situation, everyone would go, well, have you tried Skype with the, whatever, you know, plug in, have you tried blah, blah, blah?" And it was like, yeah, we tried all of that. <laughs> like yeah. you listen to our first five or six episodes yeah. And where that audio is terrible, and we were, we were recording separate tracks, and then I'm trying to sync it up later, and we would have that thing where one of us would just, the whole recording would get lost. Oh, my God, what a disaster. And I mean, we totally had it so good. That. I forget that
1: those episodes were sort of wonky like that. I need to go back and re- revisit. That's uh, Yeah.
0: yeah. We had it so good for like two years, and then yeah. it, Google throws us this curveball, which we were bitching about before we hit record today. So, um. yeah,
1: you guys get to hear it. You li- you listeners at home get to hear behind the scenes how the sausage sausage is made, or in this case, hasn't been made for several <laughs> <laughs> weeks. So we're we're yeah. back. And in the in somewhere in the interim of all that, we both watched the new Amazon series The Boys, and uh, decided this was the right time to chat about it. So yeah, this, this is a boys themed episode.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'll start off by asking you, um, not the question I told you I would ask you, but have you heard chatter from, like, other friends about this show? Yeah,
1: it's – everybody has kind of come to it diff- at different times. It's not like Stranger Things 3 right. where it's like everybody watches it immediately. And it's like, oh my god, like you all come out of the same movie theater together, you know, you and the rest of the world at once. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. Um but no, this is a little different. People have – I think Amazon didn't promote it nearly as aggressively as Bosch or any of the other things huh. it, it promoted. I mean like good lord. You can't escape Bosch on Amazon. You do anything, and Bosch is there hanging out with you. I've still never watched it.
0: But yeah, The Boys is It's a, boys it's a is cooking kind of, show, right?
1: Yeah, I, that's, my, that's my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> that great cooking show, Bosch. Amazon. Gordon
0: Ramsay is Bosch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Kitchen Bosch.
1: like the format of, like, a 70s cop show. Gordon Ramsay is
0: bosh. There he is. So – and you you hit on something that may be exactly what was bothering me about this was that I've, you know, asked everyone, you know, if they've watched it, and I'm getting a lot of, like, yeah, and then nothing else. But maybe the reason for that is in mixed – like, in mixed groups – I don't know why I use the adjective mixed there – but in groups – the, it's it's sporadic who has yet seen it. So maybe uh, we're yeah. all just being careful about what we say. Yeah. You know, yeah. I because would gather right, that people are coming that's to correct. it at different times. But it was heavily promoted at Comic-Con. So like when I came away from Comic-Con, it was very much on my mind, you know. OK, OK. Um, so that that's interesting to, to also to hear like from the, you know, the, the people that didn't see it on every, <laughs> you know, billboard and street sign for a week.
1: Um, yeah. Well, and it's and it's like once I've encountered somebody who has seen it, reaction's largely the same. It's just like, oh my god, it's just, it's so bewildering, and it's it's kind of the same reaction I had. I, I I it reminds me of what I felt like when I first came out of Kingsman One. You know, I, I referenced ooh. that movie all the damn time on the show, but that mo- moment of walking into that little movie theater in Whistler, uh, Whistler, uh, um, uh, BC. Like, I just, I was like, what have I just witnessed? What was that delightful thing that I never expected to be so interesting and inventive and cool? And that's kind of what the boys felt like. You, you know, some of it was, yeah, if it, in a post Kingsman world, if you will, like, some of it felt a little like, oh, yeah, well, that, that's not as shocking as it would otherwise be, but it's still, right. they, it, it went in some pretty daring places that I never, I mean, even in the first 10 minutes of episode one, for God's sake, it's just like, oh, wow, that's, that's what they're doing. All right. So I think I mean, that's permeates a lot of people who watch it in terms of triangulating who else is with you
0: for sure i I, there's a pretty obvious answer to this question but but what was the moment that that you were put on notice like oh this is not like (laughs) something i've seen before Um, in the boys
1: i would say it's it was it was definitely delivered when robin died yeah yeah and i would say though but even beyond that i think there was there was probably a more seminal moment because that was like oh man that could have just been like a, a shock, intention grabbing sort of hijink, but what really sort of established my trust like firmly, I would think. Oh man, maybe the scene where Billy Butcher's got the baby and he's whipping it around <laughs> and it just laser eyes are are going. <laughs> Probably okay. that. Where I'm just like, oh, that's what. The, and by the way, folks, spoilers, spoilers for the boys. If you haven't watched it all the way through, we're not going to go episode by episode. But we certain things we won't reveal. Just for conveniency but we're going to talk about it to a degree that is probably going to be very spoilery
0: i would imagine well yeah i mean we, we could maybe try to hang hang that stuff off till the end and give a bigger warning. yeah, um, yeah there's a right. there's a laser baby though you already know there's a laser um, baby
1: which you know even if you even if you know it's coming it's it's 10 times more delightful it
0: doesn't it doesn't matter it's, it's oh yeah well one of those I, things there were definitely moments like that maybe not in every single episode but there was sort of a moment where uh you know, it, I just felt like the like just as you're sort of getting used to the craziness, something else would happen, and you're like, whoa, you know, like, yeah. that's a lot of blood <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, exactly. I think Rob, the Robin's death, especially coming so soon, and especially because the intro to it, I actually expected to be kind of like a dark hero moment, and so when the intro was really, you know, a hero- being heroic like in the superhero way that we understand Mm. um then it was like oh okay maybe they're just sort of gritty or mean or something you know I still didn't really know where what the where the tone was going to fall and then Mm. and then that death was just like you know shocking like just blew my mind
1: well and then Um, right after shortly thereafter you get to see what happens with that um I forget is it Sunfire what's her name the the new oh gosh I can't even remember it's sunfire. we'll just call her sunfire. I'll look it up at the same time. But no, when she encounters the deep for the first time and basically gets oh assaulted. Oh
0: my god!
1: That was when I was like, oh, this is this is going this is going dark and soon. And and so then it was a matter of, uh, you know, kind of juxtaposing this with, of course, you know, books like Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns, and you're just you're wondering like, now are they going dark in a meaningful way or is this just all for sort of shock and awe value? Right. I think that Deadpool has set a new a new bar. Um, and it was it was nice to see them. I mean. The jury's still out, but I kind of feel like they those moments of shock and awe were used very effectively in the greater scheme of things. I feel like
0: I, I mean, it it definitely walked a line. Uh, Starlight is her name, by the way. Starlight, and um, I there was, you know, if the death of Robin sort of put me on notice, then the assault of Starlight, which was like it was it was so clearly going to be an assault, and then they just kind of like averted the camera, you know, Mm -hmm. basically like left it where you were, there was a little ambiguity until there's that scene later with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you realize what's happening. I don't know, that was just such a like, it was a punch in the gut. And I don't know that this makes sense, but I think the way they characterize the deep later sort of um, certainly didn't like make it okay, but uh, like really put it in, in uh, I don't know. <laughs> not in any way justified him. just made it like his character develops in such a weird fucked up way.
1: Yeah. He's not just a bro asshole who just does this. He's got a way deeper pathos. That's more complicated than we could imagine. And it's, yeah. And it's, and
0: it's weird.
1: It's not like yeah, a, it's yeah. not
0: like a psychological explanation to like justify his actions or something. It's like, Oh, this is, this is your a superhero. That's like fucked up. Cause he can yeah. talk to fish and he has gills. Like, yeah. That's a weird thing. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know. It just, it, that was, a, although it's played, I think, for, it, it comes out as like a sort of unreality moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually felt like, you know, that's, you you would probably be a weirdo if those were your powers. Does that make any yeah. sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, totally, um, totally.
0: It's, well, it's,
1: it's an interesting juxtaposition, too, to like, you know, we just saw an Aquaman movie not that long ago, where yeah. Aquaman was basically this sort of you know immortal luckiest guy in the world kind of character where just everything goes his way <laughs> like everything's awesome and, yeah. and here's like the deep going oh no there's a pathos to it that you just this sort of tortured soul underneath not not that it excuses his behavior but just like yeah you know he's he's a lot he's a lot deeper
0: than that todd <laughs> back to you well I'll, <laughs> I'll i'll um i'll get to the question that we open the show with which is uh uh, do you think *The Boys* is sort of that Watchmen-like deconstruction of superheroes that we've been waiting for in, uh, you know, movies and TV? This is an interesting is, question. Is it because... the post Is this the post-Marvel direction?
1: Mm, the post Ooh, that's an interesting context to it. So,
0: so I have been
1: wondering for a while now, given this this sort of brash of adaptations of comic properties, if we wouldn't have a Watchmen-like moment that that stopped the the progress in its tracks and and, and asked very important questions about mm. you know what are these people supposed to like watchman did a lot of things it's like hey look we we need to really think about these people in an interesting new way and we're going to do it through this kind of complex um storyline but also complex like the way they use the comics medium to tell the story like all everything about it was sort of a transact transitory moment where nothing quite was the same afterwards it really fil- everyone filtered all their new works through that lens to some degree and still do and yeah. there's been other works since then that have you know done done similar things in the comics world but we haven't had that quite in the movies and TV verses yet. And the you know, the Watchmen movie certainly was not that because that was good lord 2009 like the the movement had you know the, yeah. the modern day renaissance of all this these adaptations hadn't even really begun yet it you know was maybe a year in at the, at most. So that wasn't it which is kind of unfortunate because it would have been cool to see that maybe happen around now when it was, I think, more appropriate. And so it, it didn't,
0: the boys did. I think the boys fills that gap. I think are, it
1: it does. Are you saying that
0: like specifically because of the Watchmen TV show coming out? No, because the Watchmen TV
1: show, I mean, it still might do that too. But I think the boys is kind of just like the Dark Knight Returns and all these other books that came along later, sort of, you know, you know re you know, cause us to stop and think about the comics medium. The Watchmen was kind of the first one. That yeah. really did in that way, and I think The Boys is going to be that for the TV movie adaptation stuff. And, you know, ironically, the uh, Watchmen TV show is coming second. I mean, if if The Boys hadn't happened, maybe the Watchmen TV show would have been that too. I don't know, but now it will be like you know the next thing that will, that might be just as relevant, but it will still not be the first thing, which is The Boys. And so, it, and when you think about what The Boys tries to do. It, you know, it's, it's not like Amazon just bought some random comic and was like, we're in comics too. Look, it's like, they they tried to make a statement like, look, this can be, you know, we're going to touch, we're going to adapt stuff, but this can be so much more interesting and sort of layered if, if you think if, if we're not afraid to go there, which is kind of a cool, a cool move. Um, I don't know. I just, I think it fills that gap. It does the right sort of, it, it addresses all the pathos and pathologies and, and just personality flaws and issues that people with these abilities would have and then yeah. how corporate corporate america would react against it and i think in in this you, you take you take the fact that the medium of comics has been adapted to movies and tv shows now for 10 plus years and then we're sort of living in one probably one of the most vain narcissistic times of of, of you know the last 100 years and it just sort of all fits together in this wonderful commentary piece about like yeah. vain pop culture commoditized to you know, any extent is going to yield this kind of thing. It just, it just hit all that for me when I really started thinking about it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Cause when I was watching it, I was definitely thinking about the moment that it was coming out sort of culturally and politically. But uh, now as we're chatting about it in the context of other superhero movies, and I had to refresh my memory, like you had said, watch move 2009. And I know we've done this before, where we're like, wait, was Iron Man one the year before, and it was. Yep. wait. <laughs> so we already had Iron Man when Watchmen came out, and we had Batman Begins in two thousand five, yeah, which was another like crazy kind of milestone in superhero telling, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but as all as we're talking about all this kind of stuff, what comes to mind for me is what a um, what a distinct series this is when we look at like what's been going on with Marvel and DC series and especially the Marvel ones on Netflix, where I think we did get what you're describing that like a lot of that human pathos and stuff. But as you and I have griped like about several of those shows, like just not told at the right rhythm and pace, you know? And I mean, we saw it in Jessica Jones and we saw it in uh, uh, Luke Cage and defenders and iron fist. Like, and I, I know you, I well, I think you caught up on Daredevil, right? Or
1: uh, I haven't really watched it? past season one. I've okay. competed the rest. But those yeah, are shows. It. Those are shows that where it's. and I think we may have touched on this before. Those are shows where the the problems take center stage, and the powers are just sort of there by convenience. It's like they don't yeah. the power. You take the powers out of most of those shows. Jessica Jones is still a story about this woman who was emotionally um, manipulated and, and just beaten by this guy. You know, yeah. and just the fact that he can control your mind is. That's almost like a bonus. It's like that – you could take that out, and the story would more or less be the same, whereas I think mm. the boys, you can't – you have to have the powers. That – the, you know, the superhero
0: – Oh, that's a really interesting tro- way to has look to, at it.
1: has to exist in that way for it to really punch – to really sort of fit that Watchmen commentary
0: role. God, you you are so right on that. Like that that is – yeah, because like Luke Cage is at its heart like just about a guy that defends the neighborhood, you know? And he he could just be a a vigilante in a hoodie, um, without his powers. You know, I mean, they Mm -hmm. they add they certainly add to the story. But um, wow, now it's making me think like, is that like truly the Marvel perception of power? Like the Marvel perspective on powers is well, be careful
1: because those Netflix shows were sort of a separate thing from the Feige Marvel.
0: Well. True, true, true. I mean, I mean, more in the comics um, legacy of mm. the heroes with the feet of clay kind mm. of way that it's, you know, often been described. And, um, you know, I, I sure think those shows were were trying their best to fit into that legacy. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's no, that makes me really think of that. Um, uh, so back to the Watchmen TV show, though, is that something that you were anticipating at all or did you not really care about it? Um
1: I think it's interesting you know anytime you attach Damon Lindelof to anything you have to be, one has to be suspicious so mm-hmm. there's always there's always that sort of lurking in the background but seeing Jeremy Irons cast as an older Osimendias seeing kind of what they're up to and the aesthetic of what they're like the look of it is just it really it's it it's TV but it it feels kind of retro and clean and I don't know just something about it really looks good Um, So I was anticipating for that, but I didn't, I I wasn't looking for it to
0: be sort of this, like,
1: this is going to be the true commentary. Yeah. Like, I wasn't, I didn't think it was going to do that.
0: Right, right, right. Well, I mean, I definitely feel, when I was watching The Boys, I definitely felt like, wow, Amazon (laughs) hustled to beat Watchmen to the punch with this. Yeah, yeah. And so I wonder how that changes our anticipation for it, because I know when the first TikTok Watchmen promo came out, Uh, when I did not know that Don Johnson was in it, I was like on alert, like, oh, this is kind of interesting. What's happening here? Um, The subsequent trailers haven't really piqued my interest as much. I mean, not that they've, not that I think anything bad of them, just, you know, I haven't had another of those moments where I'm like, oh, what? Um, But uh, yeah, the boys definitely, I think, um, a little bit poison the well kind of thing. You know, like I'm sort of like, well, I kind of got, what i was looking for but um let's dig into that because i mean and and this i would say from here on out spoilers abound because there's no way we can talk about these heroes without you know talking about the things that they they've done um and uh, you know one thing that you and i chatted about after we both watched it was just the um the clear parallel between every hero and um a DC or Marvel superhero. And mostly, and Mm -hmm. I think DC actually, like this is just, this is the Justice League. This is Justice League, uh, the Dark Universe or whatever that Sam was trying so hard to make, you know? Yeah. Um, So we've got Homelander who is the sort of patriotic bully that, you know, the Superman figure. Um, What did you really think of him? Was (laughs) I you thought know. it was interesting that they were trying to com-
1: kind of combine Captain America and Superman into one. Uh, yeah, character. yeah, yeah. Now, let me be clear too. I have never read the comic or graphic novel this is adapted from. Right, so and neither have I. And I didn't have any of that context. So like, I'm sure it would be – I would be looking at this through a very different lens if I had. Um, so I'm actually interested in maybe going back to revisit the the graphic – the trade uh, or – I forget how many volumes there are. I think there's yeah. I'd be willing to do that, but at this point, man, I almost don't want anything to spoil my perception of it now in this format. So we'll see. But Homelander was, uh, you know, at first when he first appeared, I'm just like, oh, what a, what a bog standard, you know, hybrid of Superman, Captain America, and just sort of emphasizing the, you know, the Boy Scout nature of all those things. And then once you started to realize what they were doing, where it's like, yeah, it's Superman, but behind the scenes, he's basically Hannibal Lecter. Like that was. That was sort of a cool. Like that's when I really started to perk up, and I'm like, oh man, this act. Because yeah, the the actor they they cast to play him, I'm like, why couldn't this have been Mark Paul Gosselaar? Oh my god, I been... so thought it was. Yeah, right. For the first like five <laughs> minutes, like everybody's. Yeah. I, I wonder if there was a spike in Google searches. Is Zach Morris in The Boys? And you would have yeah. found out. But like I'm like this, and then so then I'm like, when I found out it was, I'm like, well, they should have cast him because that would have been even more amazing. But then once I saw where they were going, I'm like, oh that this is requiring a sort of a deeper level of. Of uh, well, disturbed acting that that guy brought, I thought.
0: Yes, and there is such a weird faint or like fake in the in the uh, telling of it because Butcher, um, you know who is our our protagonist, I would say, is like he and oh my god, now I can't remember the kid's name. Um, Jack Quaid uh, Jack uh, Crane. Turn Yeah, on. but what's what's the character's name? Oh um, man. You would have to ask me that. But anyway, Damn. Lil Quaid, um, <laughs> you know, what's funny is when I Googled him, I was like, God, that looks like Dennis Quaid. When uh. I Googled him, what <laughs> what showed up on, on like the snippet on Google was, uh, uh uncle Randy Quaid. And I was like, well, that's, <laughs> that's not the lead I was expecting on Jack Quaid.
1: So by the um, way, Jack, he played Huey. That was the, Huey. Huey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also so, real quick, Jack Quaid, um, was one i think he was marvel in the original hunger games movie uh one of the district one or two tributes if you're like this kid looks kind of familiar that's probably where you saw him anyway continue
0: so uh you know butcher tells huey at one point um oh homelander's clean like there's we got nothing on him and it's like in the first or second episode but you you learn later of course butcher knows that's not true and so there's this weird like fake out kind of thing that happens like three times to Homelander's character because you know when he said that I was like oh now does he not know like you know what are we going to see Homelander do because I'm sure he's going to do something awful at that and then does Butcher not know about it and then you realize like no no Butcher knew about it like Butcher knew he was terrible and then there's a a fake that we'll get to at the end or not a fake but there's like a little twist and you're like well now what the hell do we believe (laughs) like it was very very uh Confusing, but you said you like the combination of of Superman and Captain America. What I kept thinking of was Frank Miller's Superman. In, yeah, in, oh you totally, know, totally. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, 100%. just the the loyal till the end. Yeah, and the like, you know, the 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 state superhero kind yeah. of thing. Like this yeah. is the superhero of the state. Um, I, yeah, and I I really liked the setup of the corporation that was funding it, like finally, and I know I didn't, I didn't like dig too deep into this, but I thought finally the economics of being a superhero makes sense Mm -hmm. because nothing about Spider-Man's economics makes sense. Like only in the the MCU where he's connected with Iron Man do they make sense. But in the Mm -hmm. comic book where he's a (laughs) photographer who Mm -hmm. has all these like you know, this suit that obviously keeps getting destroyed and these, you know, web spinners and all that kind of stuff. Like, where does he get the money for this? How does he have time to do this? Like, I can barely work one job and keep my house clean. Like, well, it makes I me
1: mean, at least they rectify knife. that, to, you know, they rectify that to some extent when he's got Tony Stark as his. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sugar
0: exactly. yeah. um, for sure. But this one, you know, this, but in the boys with the corporation that is basically licensing them uh and assembling their their pr for them like you know they'll find out where a crime is happening and 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 it's like well who's who needs the coverage right now that's who we're mm. sitting on this one mm-hmm. and and they also seem to you know stage them somewhat so that they can be in the right place at the right time but uh, what was your takeaway from that i mean were you as uh, curious about that as i was
1: uh, the corporation's relationship with the whole thing or how yeah. they sort of move. It's interesting that they try to segregate the um sort of all the, the helper worker bees away from the, the heroes themselves. Like there was sort of <laughs> a weird like, you guys aren't supposed to be in here. I'm like, wait, why not? Why aren't they supposed to be in there? Like, why why are you guys keeping them cordoned off? That seems strange. And so – it just that it, that just felt very corporate to me. Like, well, of course, like they, you know, it's yeah. like that's how they that's how they set up Theranos for God's sake. It's like you're no the marketing people in the lab are never supposed to talk. Oh, and, you know, and that just sort of had that that kind of feel to it. And even even you with just
0: blew my mind.
1: <laughs> even the way <laughs> Elizabeth Shue looks like <laughs> she plays that was, character uh, in such a way. She plays that character in such a way. I'm not saying she was just aping. Um, what's what's the third what's the What ah, the hell's her name
0: I know but it I Banished the, it
1: from my brain I've deleted it. I, the, yeah irrelevant? I just I'm just calling
0: her Elizabeth Holmes the
1: ther- Holmes. Yeah. shoe and Holmes <laughs> attorneys at law no uh Holmes like like she wasn't ripping that off but I I wouldn't be surprised if she hadn't watched that documentary shortly before they started filming scenes and she's just like I'm gonna give it a little bit of a, a Holmes twist just a little bit of a yeah sort of like you know just just this sort of this, this reality distortion field kind of quality to there's yeah. several scenes where I'm like, you don't understand the what you're in into here. like you're not it's just not processing what's going on. And I think that's that makes Homelander an even more interesting character when you start to dissect his relationship with um with her.
0: Yeah, um, but anyway, no, I think, oh, I there's, think I, there was one crazy scene in there <laughs> There were a couple
1: crazy scenes with those two, but there's one, and you know, I. Let's can we jump? We had another note in here, but let's just jump to it now because it's it's going to be impossible to continue without saying it. Yeah, I had written you shortly after watching the following question: Is Elizabeth is Elizabeth Shue secretly in an immortal Amazon queen? Come back to the world of man after a long hiatus, yes yeah. or no? Because <laughs> a I never even knew. She was going to be – I mean I, at no time did I know nope. she was in the show. I, she never appeared in any of the promo materials. And so you're starting to watch. You're like, wait, Elizabeth Shue? And then about maybe two or three minutes pass. and you're like, wait, she, she looks amazing. How old – like this is her Jessica Lange kind of moment. Remember when Jessica Lange uh, appeared in that first American Horror Story season? And everybody's like, holy crap, Jessica Lange? Like how old is she? She looks amazing. Like Elizabeth Shue kind of has the same – she's kind of having the same keanu Sance you know to some degree where has she been oh my god we've missed you elizabeth like it's the fact that you know they asked her to do a lot of interesting things and she was completely in like she said yes and committed to all those things i mean jesus christ like this she was a she was the one of the gems of this show in my opinion
0: (laughs) oh yeah I, i i was actually when um i i went back to my text because um I'm pretty sure, like I, as I was watching it, I had uh, a friend who had watched who had like binged it you know, the weekend before. So, as I was watching it, I kept texting him like as every new sort of surprise happened. And I texted him almost the same thing about Elizabeth because I the same thing. like I didn't know she was in it, and then she appeared, and i it was like, oh, just you're such a treasure. and you you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shown up at just the right time.
1: She clearly um, goes to the same yoga studio as Michelle Pfeiffer. And Julianne Moore and you know, all those, all those actresses in their fifties, where you're just like, how the hell are you, like, are you, you're almost like de aging as you go. It's like, what's going on? It's, it's very interesting.
0: Yeah, she was, and she, I just thought everything about her character was so great, and like she was the perfect casting for it. Perfect you know, just casting, the, yeah. just the right age and um you she wasn't know,
1: creating like a caricature she was like i'm the evil ceo <laughs> it was right we're right it was very natural and organic like it was like wow i could see this woman could exist in this world like i could totally see this i have i have worked sort of with people like this before before they hit that rung of the ladder and i'm like man she got it she knows exactly what that character is supposed to be
0: yes exactly um
1: yeah but then, I... but then, but then let's take that back. So like, she and Homelander have this crazy, complicated relationship, and I still haven't quite figured out this. This may have been answered, and maybe I just I wasn't paying enough attention, or I'd stepped stepped out to the bathroom or something. Is Elizabeth Shue's baby who who is the father? Like the character's baby. I forget what her character's name is. Um,
0: who is the father of that baby? That um, may or may know, not be dead. I wish you hadn't asked me that because I was going to ask you that oh, with man. the same, with the same reason. Like it was, I mean, it was pretty clearly hinted at that. It was Homelander, right? Am I don't I know if it was clearly hinted, but that's the, that's what I was starting to pick
1: up on. Was that was that the, she's fooled around with him in the past to like, sort of keep him in line. And she had this kid with him and the, but at, that makes the ending even more ridiculous. Cause it's like, well, wait, how often has he done this? Um, so I don't know, but like, then what's, what's the deal with he and her like she acts like and then i thought for a second like well maybe she's his mom and then they put him through some kind of rapid growth program or something i I don't it
0: was a weird relationship yeah i mean when it when he is suckling at her breast i mean there's no way to say it um it's uh, weird it it was uh there was definitely like this and you know what my mind went to was like um uh, cuz don't we learn later that like Homelander was just so very aware that he was raised in the lab and yeah yeah, yeah. so you know i i just i was like okay now we're dealing with the, the Homelander like his his uh, attachment issues because he never you know had that um and she's exploiting it basically. or was she the one that was always there to like nurse him and literally oh, take care man. of him you know that's what i kept wondering like uh oh Oh,
1: man that and maybe they'll explore that in in hope i mean again i haven't read the comic maybe it's maybe everybody knows the answer to that already i don't know um hopefully they'll explore it more but it's like that just makes him much more complicated like he is a layered onion more so than the deep the deep's got some problems too but man homelanders just keep going because he masks it so well like when they got to the plane and like the plane scene happened i'm just like oh my god and he did it with such like sort of just nonchalance just like corporate like like he was it was almost like a corporate like you know uh, middle manager going to just ef- just effortlessly fire an entire department just like yeah you guys go home you're fired and just like do it so dispassionately like that's how that felt it's just and then Mave is there to sort of act as our avatar like don't you gotta save somebody and he's like no we can't do that and he just flies off yeah man that was a, i mean that was talk about a moment where you're like oh that's what the show is okay
0: yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, uh, I mean, there's no better time to bring this up, I guess, but what I did read, um, like you, I did not read the comic, but after I'd watched the entire series, um, I did jump into one of those spoiler articles, uh, about how it differed from the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't dig too much into Madeline. That's Elizabeth Shue's Madeline. character until, until we we're recording this podcast. And then I, I looked it up and <laughs> found out she was gender swapped from the comic. it was really a, it was a, there was a man in the comics that was the assistant to the ceo of vaught international or whatever um so i'm i didn't you know I, I can't i just didn't retain anything else from reading that so i don't know how that works with the baby or if there's even a baby or if that was just for the show or whatever um but what was really significant about this article i read after it finished was that what the show did which kind of smartly sets up season two but also um, well, let me let me put let me commit this another way. The show the show and comic book could be accused of fridging, which is that uh that sort of like lazy writing thing where the men are only motivated by the death of like, you know, their female partner. Uh-huh. So we see that with Huey. I mean, this is a Green Lantern thing, like Green Lantern came home and found his wife in the fridge or something yeah, like that yeah, in a yeah. comic book. So and you know, and Butcher is motivated by um the the rape and death of his wife. Um in the uh comics the baby did rip out of her but in the show they they changed that ending so that flip at the end is a change from the comics i love that
1: flip so much yeah
0: and so the article i was reading was like actually this this does such a more interesting way of like getting to butcher's motivation for this like now he's read that he's led this whole cause which was certainly like justified because the of the other crimes that the soups were doing but mm-hmm. it was a cause of vengeance like personal vengeance for him and that was not true you know so it's like this really weird twist on like motivation and like uh, I mean that 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 ending that was another of those moments where I was like what the fuck and then oh man ended, I was so was glad like...
1: I was so glad and it wasn't like you know, it was it, it was this idyllic sort of uh, you know, what's what are those like Norman Rockwell kinds of like, mm-hmm. a, like like lawn, you know, and the the sprinklers in the suburbs. And you know, she comes out, and she's all healthy and the kids all healthy, and Homelander's just like the proud father, like, Hello, son, I'm your dad. And yeah. Billy Butcher's just sitting there like, you know, disheveled and homeless looking, and just shocked at sort of this like reality that's been created completely under his nose. And it's just, you know, it oh god, it was it was creepy but so wonderful. And that's where I think the show really truly earns that Watchmen-like subversion inflection point um, because it did something like that. You know, it's yeah. it's like, oh, you 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 think you know all of these rules and these the storytelling yes. tricks that you've seen now for ten movie you know, ten years and blah, blah blah. We're gonna just change all that and we're gonna comment on the genre and the medium as we do it. And that yeah. just that really settled well with me. That made me immediately go. I can wait for season two, but God damn it. I'm excited for season two. I,
0: you know, that's funny. Cause I actually had a, t- a totally different, I, I agreed with you all the way up until the last sentence you said, which was, <laughs> I actually saw it. And I was, I mean, it was like, you know, it was a twist in and in a cliffhanger kind of thing, which I appreciated the narrative part of it. But I also felt like, you know what? That could be a wrap on the series and I'm fine.
1: Ooh, like, interesting. <laughs> like,
0: like I didn't like, like almost wow. leaving it with that and, you know that sort of ambiguity was yeah. like, wow, you just fucked over everybody, and it's like, you know, Butcher's <laughs> like totally messed up now. And if it just didn't come back, I would, I would, I would go, wow, that was awesome. But everything you are you know you, that you were just saying about Watchmen too hits me because um, a lot of the complaints directed at Watchmen at, at Snyder and a lot of them are legitimate, the but movie? were yeah, were all okay. the all the things that he changed from the book, you know, yeah. which which. I felt for the most part, like you and I are sort of, I I don't know. I'm becoming actually more sheepish in my, um, (laughs) apologetics for the Watchmen movie. Mm. But, um, I, I think a lot of it were legitimate changes for the movie storytelling aspect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the giant squid octopus stuff doesn't make any fucking sense to me in the comic. And it would have made even less sense in the movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, in the boys, it does sound like from what I've read about the changes made that everything was made for the better. And so I'm yeah. almost on board with you. Like it, it sounds like the book was uh, just a serious fuck you to all superhero books. Like, let's yeah. just make this uh. as dark and screwed up. Like I heard the thing with the deep and the, the dolphin was not <laughs> what we saw in the show. No, I've heard <laughs> the same. OK. And um, uh, uh, by the way, just a short aside. When the news reporter is reporting on that, the Chiron below it says the deep colon, it wasn't on porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> it it's like in the background. Oh, I'm anyway. going to watch that now. I didn't even notice that. That's brilliant. Oh, my but God. I really felt like they, <laughs> whoever made this, you know, sort of recognized the, the weaknesses of the comic. Uh, uh. Granted, that I have not read. But well, it just sounds but, like those changes were made for good narrative reasons, you know.
1: Let's take the look of uh, Huey in the comic. He's basically Jesse Pinkman, and so if you oh, that gotcha. look would not have, I mean, the show would have been too dark. Like you need a sort of wholesome-looking guy like Jack Quaid to sort of, you know, the, only the son of Meg Ryan. Would be able to see <laughs> this kind of role of like he's just this innocent guy. Now he's going to be in this dark world. Like yes. you know, you somebody who looks like Jesse Pinkman is good. You're like, well, clearly this guy's going to be bad. You know, it's just you need that subversion of like here's this. You know, he's he was as innocent as Homelander projected, and so it's so to see Huey kind of you know go from this sort of like polished you know version of what an American boy should be to like this rebellious. Um, subversive, you know, young man who's basically in this punk rock band for all intents and purposes, and he's they're going around their Like to see that play out and then to see homelander, it's it's almost like, man, I never even thought about this until just now. It's almost like you can make an argument that the Huey homelander uh, characters represent the different arcs that you can take on the political spectrum, you know, to the extreme fringes on both sides. So like Huey's, Huey's basically joining Antifa. You know, Homelander is part of like this crazy militant, just like, you know, he's uber rich, he's uber in control. He's going to join like the wealthiest of the wealthiest at CPAC and just, you know, like just shit on everybody. And it's kind of like, wow, these two guys suffered somehow in their lives and this is what it drove them to do. And here's the reasons. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point to bring up. One, One of the things I thought was sort of a shortcoming was I you could see the look on Huey's face that he, you know, every time he sort of took a step further into his, yeah, anti-fascist fascism, um, it, you know, you, you could see the, like, uh, you know, the questioning if he was doing the right thing, mm-hmm. but they, I just felt like they didn't explore that enough, mm-hmm. you know, I just, um, it's, it's sort of like my critique of this is a random pull Jurassic World, which was, I thought not, not like one of the things that lacked was the Jeff Goldblum character, like explaining mm-hmm. like all the choices you're making are wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I I wish there had been that moral center or or it not even has to be it doesn't even have to be a moral. Oh, center, but you but know just, what? Just the okay. sort of go ahead. Now that you now that
1: you say that Pacific Rim totally had that movie. Pacific Rim was a totally bonkers movie, but it had that character. It actually had two of those characters. Um, but you know the one guy, the British guy. Um, from there's something about Mary, I believe. It's, it's that bridge. He's like, I—he's you know, the scientist that's explaining like what we have to do at every point in time. It's like we can't do that because, because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just like kind of a captain exposition character. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I think Huey was supposed to pull that off. And and you know, t- to its immense credit, I think the partnership of Huey and Starlight was what made that work. Like they were uh, sort of uh-huh. together. They were that moral center. But you know, but you're on. right. Like he. Huey, you know, more so than butcher is like is taking this like very conscious path. well, maybe not more so than butcher. They're both motivated by the I think same butcher's thing been you know? through so, this, butcher's I'm guessing he
1: went through this very same thing, but his he did his. yeah, uh, you know, he's been at this like three years now, four
0: years, no, eight good, years. Good point.
1: yeah. this is um, where this is where Huey will be what well, Huey will become if he doesn't rationalize his why. Um, yeah, because now Butcher doesn't have a why. So maybe they'll explore that in season two, which is like, wow, Butcher lost his why. And now but Huey still has his. So how does that dynamic change?
0: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Boy, they have so much they could dig into. Um. OK, so uh, <laughs> let's let's jump to the next
1: thing, because like the other thing that really like as much as Homelander intrigued me as a character, a train completely confused me. Oh. And I just I could not understand why he was so damn pathological and his lying and his denial. Like he just could not help. Like he he killed his girlfriend, and yet he's like you. He looked at Hugh. He's like you killed my girlfriend. I was like I dude, I don't even know your girlfriend. Like like what what is going on? Like it just it just this idea that he's so he is so messed up. He has to just. I mean, is it that? Is it that he's taking this crazy steroid and it's like you know, and he's just as insecure as you
0: can get, and then he just has to deny. Is that where, how did yeah. you take him? I I I. I I flipped back and forth. It sounds like just like you did, where I, I thought at one point, like, you know, this is this is like the the literal result of taking too much compound V or whatever it's called. And it's just messed with his brain. But it's also that justification he needs to, like, continue thinking that he's actually a hero or something. Um, but I, I agree with you. Like, it was confusing. I don't think it was um, it never pulled me out of it. You know, I never thought that the writing or the acting, like, wasn't on, on, you know, appropriate for those moments. I just felt like, God, what a weird character. Like, he's he's back and forth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but also, is that, uh, is that just, a, like, a, a trait of his speed? Uh, I'm just kind of pulling that out of my ass right now. Like- <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it, the, he, the fact that he, you know, he his girlfriend was fine. He
1: moved her to Cuba or wherever the, they went to, and she was in a safe house. Like, right. so she was going to be okay.
0: Why did he have to kill her? I don't understand. Like what oh, that I, was about. Gotcha. You're you're even questioning like the act that yeah. got on the pathological line. Yeah. It's like, well, um, why did he do that? Just he, every decision he makes is just baffling. Yeah. It's. I mean, he's definitely the. It, it was strange in this first season, and I'm wondering if this is what you know. If they set this up like for for later seasons that. Several things felt like the heroes were going to get, you know, caught kind of in, in their act. You know, I mean, there's yeah. the, there's the Deep getting arrested. Um, there's exactly what you said, like A-Train killing his girlfriend. Um, and then there's freaking, you know, Homelander in the plane, which was just awful. Um, and uh, I, I kept, you know, I kept, I kept, I was like, God, somebody's got to be. Oh, they killed the this, invisible you know? guy.
1: The invisible guy was terrible they killed him you know the only other character we didn't really find out about is that guy who looks like uh noir uh, the guy from the he looks like the gi joe guy like a snake eyes yeah he looks like snake eyes um like we we never heard anything about we don't know what his deal is and we don't know what arc is it arc light who uh Sunfire. Or oh, lamp, lamplighter. Lamplighter. Whatever happened to? We never knew what his deal. He just left. We don't know why. We don't know.
0: Well, we, we hear he killed someone, I think, right? Or there was like a terrible incident where he kills many people, I think. Um, oh,
1: I forgot all about I, that.
0: I think. I think it's just sort of stated. It's. The, I don't. You know. It's sort of like well, after the lamplighter accident, you know, or well, something and like that.
1: This brings me to another question because the other amazing little. Easter egg for season two that they set up at the end you know the final episode was the reveal of Elizabeth of Madeline's boss. I keep calling her Elizabeth shoe because, you know, why not? Um, Madeline's boss, who, you know, I always thought they did a great job of making Madeline seem like, oh, she's in control. She's the top of the food chain. And then to, you know, they every once in a while, will you know, kind of glance at her, you know, the guy who runs the conglomerate, essentially, that she what I understood is that she is CEO of Vought, but there's like Vought's part of like a some kind of weird conglomerate that you know there's another guy higher than her uh, that's at least that's how I was or maybe he's like the chairman of the board or something I don't know um but it, they made it they did a great job making her seem like she was in charge and then they glimpse this other guy and who should happen to play this character but freaking Giancarlo Esposito Gus Fring himself and i'm just like <laughs> oh my god i love now now there's no excuse like i have to i not that i wasn't gonna not watch it but I'm like now I have to like the freaking Gus Fringin is now the big bad of season two. I say all this, I say all this because they never explain Lamplighter, and I'm wondering if there's not some kind of connection between those two characters because they were sort of very just briefly touched on but not really delved into.
0: Mm. Um. Interesting. Yeah. I. God. I, you know. I. It's sort of that thing of like I. I I'm just walking the line of like, do I want to read it? Do I want? You know. Um. But I, I just sort of like the freshness of the show. Like I yeah. – especially having gone through what we just went through with Game of Thrones, I do not want my brain to start doing that. Like, what well, wasn't like that in the comics?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I am reading this. They're, they're saying um, – remember that character
1: Mallory that uh, Butcher goes to see and she's yes. like, it's not going to help you. And he's like, come on. She's like, yeah. right. but don't you come back here again. Um, it says the Lamplighter is one of the original members of the Seven. Oops. After – He killed Mallory's grandchildren. He was given up by the rest of his team to prevent a full-scale war between the Seven and the CIA. Oh, Uh, okay. So that's at least that's how it's in the comics. That's how it's presented. Um, So maybe we find out that's somehow connected. We never really found out what Mallory's deal was, or who she's rebelling against, or why, or any of that. So yeah, maybe more to come. Um, Yeah,
0: and like I mean, maybe that is sort of the the you know that's the main issue of season two is is uncovering all that dark shit that the superheroes have been into in a, in yeah. a public way. Um, do you, I mean, you, you, you've definitely talked about uh, your anticipation of season two. Do we know any dates on that or anything?
1: No, but they're filming it now. Okay. Uh, and it's going to be, I mean, and Seth Rogen said they'll have more money and I'm like, Oh wow. It seemed, I didn't feel like this <sighs> season had little money. They did a great job with their budget. I
0: totally agree. There's yeah. not
1: a lot of holes in that. I mean, they may have used some locations multiple times, but it that didn't, that didn't feel a, like a limitation. It was just like, oh, yeah. that's just where they would be. Um, no, I, I would love to see what this show does with more money. I can only yeah. manage, I mean, delving into. The, clearly, these seven people are they aren't the only people who have powers. There's all you know, right. these like B and C level level people. I'm almost waiting for like kind of you know in the the movie Looper where like the most anybody can do is just sort of move coins around with their fingers until the the little kid is born. Like I'm almost wondering like <laughs> is is there like a superpower person that just you know can. You move paper clips around, and that's it. It's just like a novelty. It's like, ah. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think so, because I think when Madeline's doing her presentation, she talks about, you know, the Vought company now represents like 1,400 heroes and whatever. It's like the seven are just the top. Oh, that's river, right. You know, it's like yeah. she shows that map of the US. And, and that's where the that...
1: deep gets gets uh, franchised out, like down to this like tiny right. town. It's like now you're, in... there's not even water there. Yeah. <laughs> That was, man, that was, that was interesting to see him go through all that. What do you think, while I'm just sort of free, free thinking here, what do you think Maeve's deal is? Cause she seems to be the only one who you know, has admittedly compromised her ideals, but she doesn't seem to be as overtly shitty as
0: the rest of them. Um, yeah, I wonder if she, uh, you know, is a, it turns kind of thing, but the, You just know, like, just the way she handled the plane accident, like, or not accident, the (laughs) almost (laughs) deliberate downing (laughs) of that plane that Homelander did, um, that, you know, she's on board. Like, Hmm. she may not like it, but she's probably seen other shit like that and not said anything. And so, but maybe she is the whistleblower eventually. I mean, I'm, I'm curious about that. It's. it's never going to have like a happy ending, but I feel like it's got to have some light or some exposure to the wrongdoings of these heroes because otherwise it's just, I mean, there's no, there's no end to that dark, you know, those depths that they can go. Um, What do you think
1: happens? What do you think happens to Billy Butcher? What do you think? Does
0: he, is there any way,
1: is there any way he forgives his wife for any of this?
0: it's certainly like a real head fuck, but he he's absolutely right in going after the seven. Yeah. He he's just wrong in like his uh, myopic vengeance pursuit, you know?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. And it's, and the introduction of Mallory, you know, makes us think like, oh, well there was some organization opposing this that he, you know, he's obviously worked with people on the inside and, you know, it's like, like, I'm I'm just sort of curious how all those, those parts fit together. But, you know, um, I, I guess we'll find out next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming this will be coming sooner than later. Probably, I would guess maybe May.
0: Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Oh, and I know, you know, as, as we're sort of free associating, you know, one of the things we, we go back to pretty frequently is like when we kicked off this podcast, it was me ranting about the Avengers. And I think one of the things that drew me into this was... I was like, see, that's what I was telling you about the Avengers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and see, and, and I, I really liked the way that the economics were solved in the boys, because in the Avengers, you're left going like, wait, is the government, like, I, that's a whole reason, one of the many, many reasons why Civil War doesn't work for me, is like, well, is the government already paying you to be the Avengers? Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. they get to license <laughs> you, you know? Like, but if Stark is paying for it then the Sokovia accords don't make any sense you know like they, they shouldn't be accords it should be a law or something I don't yeah. know, i'm getting too too wonky about that stuff but it's um I, you know with winter soldier it's clear that like shield is corrupt yeah. and and therefore like the heroes are corrupt by association kind of thing you know their work is corrupt and the voice just kind of like cuts all that out and it's like, yeah, this is exactly how it would go down. Like it is corrupt. It's a you know it's a corporation running this. They figure out how to manipulate like their customers and their product and <laughs> you know how to sell it to the government. And that's that's how. Well, it works.
1: They, got, they have all the movies planned out and like so. It's, yes.
0: just,
1: it's like Marvel if <laughs> if Tony Stark was a real guy. You know that's kind of like if you, yeah. You do the same movies and stuff, but it's like it's not Robert Downey Jr. It's a guy named Tony Stark, and he's just in he's starring in this movie. It's like oh. Right. As you were saying that, I was thinking back, you know, I will there will always be a place in my heart for the Washington movie because it was the thing. It was the catalyst that kind of led me back into comics and graphic novels yeah. in a big, bad way. Like it was sort of the, the it, it set all this in motion, essentially. But and I always defend it as like, oh, no, they it, you know, it gets 80 percent of it right. You know. And we can yeah. bicker about the twenty percent very passionately, and and some of it I'm yeah. I'm even kind of coming around on the squid because once you understand its context in the comics a little bit better, like oh it would still wouldn't have pulled off in the movies at all. But it's like I get why people would be mad about that. About that, the thing that I do sort of find myself more and more disagreeing with is in the movie they really downplay the fact that Adrian Vite is this amazing genius who you know mm. basically you know, use this it's like a Bradley Cooper in um Limitless basically that is who yeah. Adrian Vite is right and so it's like they and they they kind of have this throwaway line where they're like Mr. Vite you built your you've uh, you've leveraged your ozymandias character into a billion dollar enterprise like he's goddamn Walt Disney I'm like there's yeah. no way ozymandias the character would do all of this and so it's it just kind of seemed made him seem like a Batman villain like you know you're the toy yeah. maker, and you've made this m- m- multi-million dollar empire, and so it's like that. If if it was presented more like Vaught, um, which is interesting, because it's Adrian Veidt, and that's his his company's name. Yeah, called
0: Veidt. I actually wondered if that was a dig at them.
1: <laughs> I think it's or not a dig, maybe so much or, just or like a Nice yeah. little homage, like, hey man, we're we're like you. We get we you know we're trying yeah. to be superstitious too. Um, so yeah, it just it's I like that. It, It's interesting because it adds a layer to it where you're like, oh, you have to kind of always think about that. Like, there's corporate responsibility here. Like, you can't just sort of hand wave that away. Like when, when, uh, when there's an invisible man walking around, like you know, watching women pee, that's a problem. You can't. (laughs) Somebody's responsible for that. Like somebody's. Somebody should go to jail because that guy is allowed to, like, allowed to do that. So it's like it just adds like an extra level of kind of like you, your the algorithm in your head is kind of analyzing all that as the show goes on, which is not something I'm used to. It's like yeah. you're used to kind of just you know hand waving it all away, which I like your point though. That's that's what kicked us all off on the Avengers anyway. It's like how
0: are they affording all this? How is this happening? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like and and how are they not corrupt? You know what I mean? Like when Ultron yeah. gets released upon sokovia it's like i don't know either the sokovia courts didn't go far enough or yeah or they never should have happened it's, yeah. it's just so weird but um yeah i i would say that's as good a place as any to wrap up and um and, and talk about what we normally talk about is uh comic books and where can people find us and get more about comic books if they want to dig into our archives.
1: Well, we are the the show about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf, and you can find a bunch of those picks and more on our Instagram feed which is at panelism.ink. That's panelism.ink. Yes, it's all one user word username, and that's actually our URL as well. If you just type in www.panelism.ink, you'll find our past shows and uh, other stuff and then, you know, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, if you like the show, suggest it. You give us feedback anywhere you're subscribing, if it's possible. But that's always helpful. Give us a shout out on Instagram. However, you want to get in touch, uh, get in touch. Let us know what you think, and if there's any books or, or, you know, if you're a creator and you want to be talked to, I think we're gonna, we're gonna. I, I, I'll tell you this sort of offline topic. There's a great little comic store in Buena Vista that I went to a week ago. Um, just a killer little store, and there's a guy who works there who's a local creator who has a really special piece that I think we should we should talk about. Very uh, cool on another episode. So that's that's coming maybe at some point. But yeah, all of that stuff. Subscribe, share, tell your friends, and we will see you next week.